0: Our our scripture for today is from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried up. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, You alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the world to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, Breath into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophecy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Amen. Amen. This past Wednesday,
1: February 14th, was Valentine's Day. And that's on the secular calendar. But on the Christian calendar, it was Ash Wednesday, which is the first day in the season of Lent. Now, Lent was started as a religious tradition in the fourth century. It was established to mark the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert being tempted by Satan. That was all about his preparation for ministry. Lent is supposed to be a time of repentance, it's supposed to be a time of fasting, a time of self examination. And so, year after year, people decide what they're going to give up for Lent so that they can grow. Closer to Jesus. But over time, we've started to make Lent more about us than about God. Did you know, if you go online, there's actually something called a Lent tracker. And what it is doing is is it's, it's cataloging all of these tweets that are out there. That's hashtag Lent for what people are giving up. So you, if you're not sure what to give up for Lent, you can go on this, and it'll give you a list of all of the things that people are giving up for Lent. Here's a sampling of the top ten that were trending this week. Facebook, chocolate, alcohol, sweets, soda, sex, and the new one on the list this year that they hadn't seen before was that people are now giving up Lent for Lent. You know, there's even a Lent quiz where you can go on and it will ask you a series of questions and then it will tell you, this is what you should give up for Lent. Now, if Lent is supposed to be a renewing of our encounter with Jesus and a way to rediscover the gift of God's word, Maybe we need to bring it back to God and discover the things that He might want us to give up. So what we're going to do for the next six weeks leading up to Easter is we're going to be in a series called Giving It Up. And what we're going to do is look at the things that God would want us to give up in order to grow closer to Him, not the things that we want to give up. So this morning we're going to look at giving up our lives To the one who created us. Because when we give up our lives, we also give up hopelessness and find hope. Now, our text this morning, let's start with some background. Now, the Jews had been living in the promised land, the long-awaited promised land. They had been living in it. But they had problems. They wanted things their way. They wanted kings, so God gave them kings. And then the king started to fight. And so then the nation of Israel, it splits into two different kingdoms. And they still continue to fight. And they want things their way. So they go further and further and further away from God. Until they're taken into captivity. God says, you want it your way? You want me out of the picture? Okay, here, you have it your way. And then one king comes in with his army he annihilates them. He takes over their temple, their sacred, sacred temple. He, it's ashes on the ground now, and everyone is taken back to Babylon in captivity. They're now slaves to the Babylonians. The nation of Israel is dead as they know it. They were without hope. They were hopeless. But God always has a plan. And so he leads Ezekiel to this valley, a valley of dry bones. And these bones, they were scattered everywhere, across the ground, and they were completely dried out. Dry bones. That means that something's been dead for a very long time. There's no sign of life in them at all. You know, it's possible for us to pin bones back together. We can make skeletons of animals and skeletons of people. But a skeleton is no more alive than a pile of rocks. Dry bones are dead. There's no life. And so as Ezekiel is led around this valley, he sees nothing but desolation. No life, just death and hopelessness. And so the Lord asks Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Well, our obvious answer is, no way. Are you crazy? But listen to what Ezekiel says. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. You see, these bones were a lost cause. They were hopeless in the eyes of man. But if God chose to bring them to life, Ezekiel knew that He could. These dry bones are a representation of God's people. In verse eleven, then He said to me, "Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are selling. We have. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope." is gone our nation is finished the israelites they knew themselves to be dead even though they lived they were cut off from the living presence of god and therefore they had no hope the bible makes it clear that we are dry bones by nature paul tells the ephesians As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. The Spirit who is in you now is at work. We were gratifying the cravings of our flesh. We were following the desires and thoughts. But now you will have life. You see, by nature, we're all cut off from God's life-giving presence. Even if we're not aware of it. You are cut off from the presence of God from the day you come into the world. You may feel like you're on top of the world. You may feel good. Life can't be better. You may not feel hopeless. You may not feel like you're in complete despair. But no matter how you feel, you are equally dead. But God has a plan. Because of his great love for us, God, rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, And it is by grace you have been saved. You see, before God worked faith in our hearts, we were dry bones. We were without hope. Even now, after God has breathed life into us, our bones at times begin to dry out. We set up our own idols. And then we replace God's place of honor in our hearts with other things. We get caught up in the world around us. We get sucked into the material things. We get sucked into the drama of things around us, the drama and the politics, and we neglect God. We neglect his word. And we neglect fellowship with our fellow believers. The impact on our spiritual life is huge. Problems and challenges will always arise. And then we start to feel like we've been forgotten. God, where are you? Why are you letting this happen? And instead of drawing ourselves closer to God, we start to feel hopeless. And we don't even realize that our spiritual dryness is our own fault. It leads us back to the Lord's question to Ezekiel. Can these dry bones live? Paul told the Colossians, you were dead because of your sins. But then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. Alive in Jesus God brought us from death to life. If you're feeling hopeless today, hold on to that fact. Jesus wants to bring you from death to life and give you hope. That same life is what Ezekiel sees happen to these bones Starting in verse 4, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of God. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life, then, then you will know that I am the Lord as I breathe life back into you. Imagine if your car breaks down. You're in the middle of the highway. You call a mechanic, and the mechanic says, oh, you know what? Just put your hand on the car and say, start, engine. Just start, engine, be a good little car, and run for me. You would never call that. You would hang up on them. But here's Ezekiel in this situation, and you know, I tried that once. Jay and I tried that once. Let's just pray for our car. I'm going to throw him under the. And we talked about this, so he knows I'm going to mention it. That that day that he decided to put bad gas in our car, and I said, "Don't do it. Don't do it. That's bad." He said, "I'll be fine." And he decided to put it in anyway. We got a hundred feet away from our house, but we happened to be right at an intersection by our house, and the car just went tut, 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 tut. <laughs> right and then the light turns green. And so there we are. And so what do we do? We start praying. Oh Lord, let's just start please start this car. Please start this car so we can get it moving. And in the middle of our prayer, this is what we hear find your lack of faith disturbing that happened to be his ringtone on his phone and so in the middle of our prayer his phone goes off and we burst out laughing we said you're right lord we have no faith (laughs) so we called the tow truck and, and a whole ordeal but anyway but yes that's what we think we think you know what i'm just gonna pray this back but you know what we do we use our words The difference is that the word of God has the power. And so when we pray, we have to use the word of him, not us. And that's why we have to pray with the Lord. Not just what we want, but what the Lord wants for us. That's the word that works faith in our hearts. And so Ezekiel speaks God's words to the bones. And look what happens. There was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. This was a powerful reminder for Ezekiel and the people of Israel that God breathes life into his people. He breathes life through the power of his word. It's through that same word that God created and sustains life in us as well. That moment when we first repented, that moment when we first trusted Jesus as our Savior. God brought us from death to life. Just as Ezekiel called for the breath of life to enter the dead bones in the valley, so God calls on his Holy Spirit to give us faith, to bring these dead bones back to life. The life that comes into us is no less impressive than the dry bones coming to life in forming an army. Whenever God's word is proclaimed, that same power is there. God has breathed into us new life to bring these dry bones to life. He brings Jesus to us. The source of our hope. If you're feeling hopeless in your circumstances, Jesus is there. Turn to the life-giving Word of God. Reach out to someone in this room before you leave today so they can share with you, pray with you words of God. Bring back hope. Because the gospel is the only remedy for spiritual dry bones. When we are struggling with sin, when we are undergoing trials and temptations, when pain and suffering comes our way, we have our Savior's word, his life-giving promise in this book that revives our soul and brings us hope. Jesus tells us in John 14, my peace I give you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. He's promised to be with you through this life and then take him He takes us with him into the next life. You see, life after death, that's our hope. That means we have no reason to despair. What do you have to fear? The Lord is for you. You have nothing to fear. What can people do to you? God is consistent. The most important part of you is something that no person can ever take, that no person can ever threaten, your soul. In Jesus, our souls are secure. Nothing can separate us from that love. And that is where our hope is. But if you're not in here, then you forget. You need to be in here to remind you of the life that God has breathed into you. No matter what you're facing, there's no need to feel hopeless. God's Word can and will sustain you. It's the only thing that prevents despair. It's the only thing that keeps us going. If we're going to look up, look at giving up hopelessness, we must be in his word. You must commit to reading it. And since God's word is the only thing that can create and sustain life, then taking this word to others, should be our passion. When we talk about loving in ways that matter, that means we're to speak the life-giving words of God to others. We all know someone that hasn't experienced the hope of Jesus. And they need us to say, just like Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord. There's hope for you. There's a new life for you. Because when we're indwelt by the Spirit, we need to walk by the Spirit. See, Ezekiel was filled with the Spirit to equip him for that task. Our very first verse it says, The Lord took hold of me, I was carried away by the Spirit, He led me around. You know, it's interesting, when those bones came together and when life was breathed into them, they became an army. They were raised for a purpose. And in a similar way, followers of Christ, we've been regenerated and spirit-filled so that we may serve. We're equipped by the Holy Spirit. We're dressed in the armor of God so that we may do his work in the world. We have been brought to life for his work. Paul reminds us that we have died with Christ. And so if we have died with Christ, then we will certainly live with him. Certainly, not probably, not possibly. Certainly, we will live with him. There's that hope again. But Satan wants to steal our hope. If he can get us to focus on the negative, the bad stuff, then we take our eyes off of Jesus. I remember years ago after 9-11 happened, Mr. Rogers had come out with a little story, and he had shared how when he was a little boy, and he would see scary things in the news. His mother would always say to him, look for the helpers. You'll always find people who are helping. Because in the helping, there is good. And we know that all good things come from God. So it shows us that God is always at work. We can stand firm in the hope that God is for us. That he has breathed new life into us. He has brought us back from the dead. It was Jesus who took on our death. He was laid in a tomb for us. The one who created the universe was laid alongside the bones of those who he had made to bring us life, to bring us hope. With God, valleys of dry bones can become armies of righteousness. Impossibilities become possibilities. With God, hopelessness becomes hopeful. Because there are no hopeless situations with God. There are only people who have grown hopeless about their situations. When you feel hopeless... Remember, God knows your future. Ezekiel saw a valley of dry bones. But God saw the future. God saw hope in them. We may not know the future, but we know the one who holds our future. When you feel hopeless, give up your hopelessness to God. And say with Ezekiel, Lord, you alone know. And then when God comes through, you will know Him better. When we bring our despair, when we bring our dead end situations to God, God reveals more of who He is to us. Trusting God is hard. In those moments of despair, we let our emotions take over. And then fear creeps in. Anger creeps in. And then we get distracted. We can't hear God's word, which is why it's so important to start every day in this. That's our foundation. That is your hope. You see, to give up our hopelessness, We must get into his life-giving, life-changing word. It revives us. When we fill up with God's word, we learn about him. We learn to trust him more, even when our circumstances seem impossible, even when everything around us seems hopeless, In the Word, we discover a God who thrives in the impossible. We have a God who loves to surprise us, who loves to bless us with outcomes beyond our understanding. You know, as the angel Gabriel told Mary, the mother of Jesus, nothing is impossible with God. In fact, some translations, and say, instead of saying nothing is impossible, it says the word of God will never fail. You know, We can only imagine some of the hopelessness that Mary felt during her pregnancy. She endured mocking. Judgment from people as she was ostracized for being an unwed pregnant woman in a society that didn't favor women at all. She had the fear of losing her husband. She had the fear of losing her family. She had the fear and the hopelessness of losing her own life. She could have been stoned. And yet she responds with God's word. She gives up her fear, her doubt, her hopelessness to God by responding with God's word. One of the greatest prayers and praise of God is found in Luke chapter 1. Verses 46 through 55. Mary praises the Lord in her prayer by referencing the Psalms of David. She alludes to Psalm 103, Psalm 22, Psalm 44, Psalm 89, Psalm 98, Psalm 147, and Psalm 25. She even pulls in for Samuel, 2 Samuel, Isaiah, and Job. Mary knew the life-giving power of God's word. She stored it up in her heart, just like David said. I have hidden your word in my heart. And so as Mary trusted in God's plan, Mary learned more about who God was and is and the hope that he brings just like Ezekiel, Mary saw the work of God after pronouncing God's life-sustaining words. In life, we will all one time or another feel like life has punched us in the gut. It will feel like the very breath has been sucked right out of us. We will find ourselves feeling hopeless, maybe even on the verge of despair. It'll look impossible. Lord, I don't I I don't know what to do. But Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. We need to be in his word. We know we need to know his word. We need to speak his words. We need to speak the scriptures because the word of God is life. The word of God is hope. So we can give up our hopelessness for hope. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. God's words have life. They bring life. They bring hope. And they have power. See, the Word of God brings the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God brings his power. It's the same power that brought a valley of dead bones to life, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power that lives in his followers. And it's that power that helps us give up hopelessness for hope and death for life. It's been a tough week for some of us and for our community especially. You know, Wednesday was Valentine's Day and it was Ash Wednesday. But for many February 14th, 2018 is is a horrible horrible memory. And there are people hurting there are people today that are feeling hopeless. And so, what do we do? We listen, we put ourselves out there, we just hear their hurt. Church, you. You guys have hope in you. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. Let it out. There are so many. You know, the reason we prayed for our children this morning, I had talked with some of our parents this week, and our kids are scared. They need to know the hope that is in us. So it'll strengthen them as they walk through the door. They go into their school building, and they worry about what might happen. They need this hope. But if we're holding on to our hopelessness and everything, then how are we going to give them hope? How are we going to show them hope? There are no answers. We can stand here all day and say, God, why? God, why? And there are no answers for us. So we stand on this that tells us that God is good. And even in the horrific and tragic things that we see in this world, we hold on to His word that says, I am good. I am for you. I know you don't understand it, and you will not understand it. I don't expect you to understand it. I just ask you to trust me. That is our hope. When all things seem hopeless, God's word says, I am your hope. And I am here for you. Give up the hopelessness. Recognize the life that is in you. We are in a hurting, hurting world. The only thing that will heal us is Jesus. It's the only thing. It doesn't matter what you believe about this, where political life it none of that matters. Jesus is what matters. Jesus matters, and some of the experiences that Debbie and I have had this week, especially for debbie, um, I don't know on my news feed there's there's it's it's craziness on Facebook, and I keep seeing people say. I don't want to hear about your prayers. I'm tired of hearing about your thoughts and prayers. But you know what? The people that are in that community today, they want your prayers. If you go to them and you say, can I pray for you? They will absolutely take your prayers because they are feeling hopeless. And you know what? They know that in prayer, it's the power of life. It's the power of hope in God's Word. And so in that moment, they know what prayer offers them. Hope. And so they don't turn it away. Hold on to hope. We don't know what the future holds. And that scares us. At times it appears hopeless. But God knows, and he holds our future in his hands. Give up your hopelessness. Hold tight to Jesus and his word. You have hope. We all have hope. And if you feel like you have no help, do hope. Do not leave here this morning. Please, do not leave here this morning. Come to somebody. We will pray life-giving words back into you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for your life-giving, life-sustaining word. We thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you that you give us life not just life on this side of heaven, but eternal life, Father, through Jesus. Lord, we we pray for our community. We pray for our children. We pray for our families. We pray for the caregivers. For those that are right in the middle of all the hurt. Father, we pray that they see you. We pray that they find their hope in you. That you are walking with them. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. In his holy and precious name we pray. Amen.